Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Presson Falsies. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice Podcast with your host, Jack Creswell. Whether you farm it, service it, or just love it, this podcast is for you. We'll bring you the techniques and technologies you can implement into your day straight from the leaders and innovators themselves. Spread the Farms Vice so that we can reach more farmers right across Australia. Follow us on all of your socials at Farms Vice and let's get into this episode. Let's dive into the federal budget and see what it means for Australian farmers and our regional communities that we live in. Amon Lanigan from the team at Biofields on the Beyond the Tax Return series, Series 2, has joined us once again. He was on here a year ago. You may remember him. But we'll be breaking down what the federal budget means for Aussie farmers and how and what they should be looking for. But for this episode, it is intended to be general information only as the host and guest do not know your personal circumstances. Please talk to your accountant or the team at Byfields to get the right information for your own circumstances. Now let's get into this episode. G'day and welcome back to the Funds Vice podcast. Eamon Lanigan, nearly a year down the track and you've joined us back on with Beyond the Tax Return series with the team at Byfields. Thanks for that, Jack, and nice to be back. Great to have you back, mate, and your expertise. We've grown a little bit since you've been on the show, which is great to see. And now the pressure's really on to see if your accountant expertise can come come out and play on the field. I'll see what I can do and let the listeners be the judge of that one. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate what Byfield and the team there and the expertise of, like yourself, backing up Australian farmers and especially across the Western Australia region what are we going to be talking today about um be talking about the federal budget that's the uh topic of the hour um i suppose yeah there's a bit in there for farmers there's not a huge amount in there but yeah we'll discuss what there is specifically for farmers and then just have a 
bit of a chat generally about the budget. Beautiful. Let's get into it. So the federal budget, let's get quite broadly speaking, what are the main points that you read about the budget and how it's going to impact farmers either positively or negatively? So I suppose there's there's a couple of positive things in the budget. There's nothing really negative, so there's nothing too much to worry about. I suppose this is an, an overhead comment on the whole thing is, yeah, this is an announcement before an election. So um, if all of this is to go ahead, I suppose it's either got to, the Liberals have got to get in and then put it all in into practice or Labor gets in or some combination of the two and they decide that these are some good ideas and then they'll go ahead with them. Um, yeah, also note that uh, at this stage, Labor isn't proposing an alternate budget. They're just going to give a reply speech. So we we take that as it is and hopefully that, yeah, especially some of these farming positive things are, are taken forward and put into legislation. Yep. So probably on that, um, the big one and the main one for farmers is uh, the concessional tax treatment of um, carbon credits and um, those covenants there. Um, I suppose specifically the payments received from the sale of carbon credits will be treated as primary production income. Um, previously they weren't and they had a very technical tax treatment that I suppose, yeah, most farmers wouldn't understand where you, you paid, um, paid tax based on the change in the value of those carbon credits rather than any amount you received each year. It probably, yeah, it definitely wasn't the best system and it was one that was as complex almost as the, the carbon credits themselves. So, yeah, realigning that has... And to make it farming income, it just yeah makes it a heap better, um, a heap easier to understand and um, a lot easier for the accountants to administer. I suppose the other advantages there are that um, it goes into the primary production averaging system. So you can, yeah, it's averaged similarly to your cropping and your livestock income there. Um, you can, yeah, I suppose it gives us as uh, tax agents a bit of scope to be a bit creative there and probably to get a much better tax outcome really i suppose the other thing you can do is yeah if you have sold um a heap of carbon credits one year that you can put in a farm management deposit to offset some of those and i think that'll be a good tax planning strategy for a lot of people as they go forward especially as um the, the price of carbon goes up significantly as it has in the last few years yeah do you th is that to incentivize farmers to start taking carbon seriously and actually getting your accus and benchmarking your property to be able to get to the stage where you can get paid for your carbon credits yeah well i think yeah at the moment a lot of people are probably looking at it and going oh it is it is a bit hard and don't really understand it and then we're going to get taxed and we're not going to understand how the tax works essentially and why am I going to get all this work just to give 40% of it back to the government in tax? I suppose, yeah, having that bit of a concessional tax treatment and making it a bit easier to understand where going forward will just be the money that you receive each year. That's what you pay tax on. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to yeah incentivise people to get in and um, get their accus and, yeah, start looking at, yeah, how they can be carbon neutral themselves and then sell those 
those excess uh, carbon credits. Yeah, it which it would really help out farmers, especially trying to get them on board. They don't have to get so confused of what to actually, which basket to put it into. But if it comes under primary production, that's pretty good for the farmer on the back end of that as well. Yeah. And I suppose, yeah, like all of this stuff, the, the devil's really going to be in the details, how they write that legislation up. But hopefully it'll just be that, yeah, it's it's treated similarly to, like, yeah, growing growing trees and protecting that that carbon and the carbon credits are just treated like, yeah, livestock or cropping income. Yeah. Um, I suppose some, yes, and the other big notable change that will affect farmers not so much is the the change to the fuel excise. So currently um, for every litre of fuel you buy, well, before budget night, for every litre of fuel you bought, 44 cents went back to the government and that paid for things like roads and uh, infrastructure and the like. Um, for the next six months from the 30th of March, that's going to be uh, sliced down mm -hmm. to 22 cents a litre. So it's basically halving that, that, fuel tax that you pay, I suppose, yeah, the way it should work. Um, and this is apparently what they're going to be onto is making sure that the fuel companies pass that on so that when you go to the Bowser, the fuel price is reduced that 22 cents a litre. Yeah, the I suppose as a farmer, um, this is great because, yeah, when you get your fuel delivery, it'll be a bit cheaper. But for all that fuel that was being used off-road, you're able to claim that 44 cents back as a fuel tax credit anyway. Yep. So I suppose, yeah, for that, that off-road fuel use, there, there's no net change. You're still ending up in the same spot. It's just that you don't have to pay that 44 cents a litre. And then, uh, sorry, you don't have to pay the, the 22 cents now and claim it back at the end of um, end of the quarter in your bass. We, we haven't seen the, yeah, the legislation around this, but we expect that they'll slash the, the claim for trucks on public roads. Yeah, you were able to claim 17.8 cents, almost 18 cents back uh, per litre for fuel used in vehicles over four and a half tonnes on public roads. Um, yeah, we expect they'll, they'll slash that. So I suppose even for those transport companies and those using a lot of fuel on road and heavy vehicles, they they're going to get a bit of an advantage there. I suppose, yeah, the way we see it, like for most farmers, it's probably not going to have a lot of net change because, yeah, a lot of them were claiming 90% plus of their, their fuel because it's all being used off-road. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're probably the big two for um, for farmers that are, that are out there. There was also um, an extension um, to what they call the patent box scheme which is basically a lower company tax rate for anyone who's doing anything very creative with agriculture. Basically, yeah, if you've got a patent over an idea or a product, um, you get a lower company tax rate. But yeah, I suppose, yeah, those companies that are doing that and going out and doing that, yeah, really innovative stuff, are probably going to be getting some specific tax advice on that. But I suppose it's just interesting to know that it is out there and that the government is trying to promote that um, that growth in agriculture and innovation. Yeah, I think it's like Australia to capture that market and actually become the leading head of ag tech. That'd be pretty cool if we could house that and create a bit of a hub in Australia. We've got some big ag tech mines in Australia currently, but if we can incentivize that, that'd be pretty good as well. 
So yeah, that and that probably is a bit of a, a lead on to yeah one of the one of the other things that came out of the budget, which was the ability to claim a hundred and twenty percent deduction for external staff training for employees. Is it's more of that upskilling, making the economy more robust. More better trained employees are going to be yeah more efficient, and therefore we're going to have a better workforce. So um, the way that'll work is yeah the the training it can't be done in house. So you'll have to. So I suppose if you got a few employees, you send them out to do a chemical course, um, and that's run by yeah, a third party provider that they that you can claim. Well, let's say that costs you a thousand dollars for your employee to do. You'd be able to claim a deduction of twelve hundred dollars for that. So, it's just, it's it's in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not going to be a whole lot, but it is just another little advantage there. Yeah, that might play well in upskilling. If we can't find and fill that gap of the labour shortage, we can actually fill up the skills gap um, and bring people up as well. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, um, and there's another one hundred and twenty percent deduction. That's so. That's around technology investment. So um, businesses are able to claim 120% deduction for business expenses and any depreciating assets that uh, support them in uh, their digital adoption, I think was the term. So yeah, this is gonna be another one where the legislation will probably be pretty key. But yeah, the way we see it is, let's say you've got a, a business website or your, you've got online portal for your employees or yeah, you're advertising your farm business, let's say saying you're selling your farm business through that, that digital landscape that you'll be able to claim 120% of the costs as, as a deduction there. So yeah, it'll just be, um, it'll be interesting to see like, yeah, whether some digital adoption, let's say auto steer would fall under that or whether it's got to be yeah, specifically internet based yeah okay i was actually pricing up and getting some quotes ourselves for auto steer today so get some straighter rows going um but i can see that one playing out pretty well for the value adders i think there's a fair few that listen to the podcast and i've had a couple on the show so might work well in the digital scape of it websites if it falls under that yeah and i suppose yeah if you are if it is a big investment decision, I suppose it is capped at a hundred thousand dollars per year. But for a lot of farmers, um, they'll they'll come in under that. But yeah, if you are trying to make an investment decision and you get that little bit more advantage, so it costs you a little less in the long run, that's yeah, could sway you either way. If you're on the fence, yeah, definitely. We all need that extra support and to incentivize to grow your enterprise as a farmer um, is a pretty good one to have. So a few of the ones that yeah aren't specifically farm related, but yeah they do have um, some relation to everyone in in the wider community, um, and these are the ones that have got probably a bit more airtime in the the news media. Yep. Um, so the first one's the low and middle income tax offset. Basically, what that means is yeah you earn up to forty eight grand a year. You, you get a bit of an advantage, um, basically another $420 per person. And um, sorry, it's not quite that much, but yeah, if you earn 48 grand to 126,000 per year, 
you, yeah, they've extended that to an additional 420. So the total offsets $1,500 a year. Um, and that starts from the current year. So I suppose where a lot of people see this as a great advantage is when they lodge their tax return, they get another $420 back in their pocket because it hadn't been factored in all year. So it's one of those things where, yeah, people do their tax return in July and get all excited because there's a bit more cash there and thank the government. It may all be too late by then, but... Yeah, and that, that just comes into play for 21-22, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So there already was the low and middle income tax offset, but it's just they basically increased it. Yeah. And and it's also been yeah, legislated out further than it was previously. Um, another one that yeah got quite a bit of media coverage is the, the one-off $250 cost of living payment. And that's basically going to anyone who's a Centrelink payment recipient or who gets a regular payment. So pensioners and um, probably the other one is anyone who's getting the farm household allowance yep. um, or has a concession card. So they'll get that payment and there's no tax payable on that payment, which is yeah a little advantage for those people who yeah might be doing it a bit tough. And yes, the other ones that are, yeah, uh, non-farming related, but yeah, could be, well, could have some significant impacts on oh, probably the older generation is they've halved the, the pension drawdown amount for super, probably not, not a huge one and just lets you keep some money in super, but it is um, good for those people who have self-managed super funds. Let's say they've got farmland in the super fund and they've, they've passed retirement age and it's get, it gets harder and harder to pay the minimum pensions if all you've got left is that farmland block in your super fund. Um, it could just yeah, extend the life of that super fund out for a little bit longer and allow you to keep that land in there and not have to deal with yeah, the transfer straight away. Yep. And what about like investment within regional communities? They seem to be thriving currently with people moving out from the cities into places from where we're recording here in Dubbo, but also the wider aspects, like across WA, how's regional Australia been impacted by the budget? Yeah, there isn't a whole lot specifically for them, but there is a lot, like there's a lot of cash for regional infrastructure projects. So I suppose it's that that flow on building those things in, in local communities or, yeah, um, building those things in, yeah, the... I don't know if super towns are still the, the term we use, but yeah, those, those bigger regional centres um, with the intent that, yeah, that's going to create jobs in the community and that's going to flow on and flow down and create a, a more prosperous um, regional centres. Yep. So looking back through the budget as a farmer, what should we be thinking about or looking towards um, off the back of the budget? Should be worried going into the planning season or leading up into harvest like once that fuel excise goes back up should we expect 44 cents yeah oh, i i i fully expect that yeah when that fuel excise that ends while it might take them a bit to um take the to get back down to the 22 cents i've heard that some commentary that it might take them a week to get down i'm sure the day that it goes away it'll be straight up 22 cents um, yeah, I think that one will be like like there often is with these with tax cuts. It's harder to push it back up because yeah, people will want some sort of staged excise increase 
because yeah, you can imagine people going who've yeah got a bit of breathing room in their their weekly budget and going to the petrol pump. They'll be the ones who are shouting out the loudest if it goes up twenty two cents overnight. Yeah, hundred percent. And if like harvest, your neighbour buys fuel one day and you buy it after, and you have to pay twenty two cents more. So I think it's just yeah, that that's probably a, a planning thing and just keeping an eye on that. Um, I suppose yeah, the the real the real thing to remember is that this is just a it's much more of a proposed budget than in most years. I suppose most years there's the expectation that some of this stuff will be passed pretty well straight away um, and yeah, get legislated and they'll, they'll work out between, let's say it's the Liberal government with the Labor government, uh, the Labor opposition, what they'll support and put basically put that straight into a bill and get it through. This one is, yeah, nothing's going to happen until after the election. So it's looking at this as... Um, some guidelines for what the Liberal Party want to do if they get re-elected. And then, yeah, just listening to what comes out of the the campaigning for the election and, yeah, just trying to work out whether, yeah, what Labor and Liberal propose and what comes out of it. And, yeah, I suppose that's probably where we'd expect to see some some funding for those regional areas be announced as, yeah, as the campaigning cranks up. We, as a business advisors were you surprised by the federal budget of how it played out for Australian agriculture because like there's a lack of shortage of proteins across the world now with the with Ukraine and Russia um and they're not being able to get onto their paddocks for obvious reasons is that a surprising factor as accountants I suppose yeah the, the couple of things we we probably expected or hoped for was um First of all, something about supply and making it simpler too, because we've, yeah, Australia's coming off a reasonably good year and setting up with, yeah, the demands of the world. Um, just trying to have something so that Australian farmers can get their produce out to the world easier. So some cuts to red tape or some, yeah, something to do, help with the supply chain issues that we're, we're going through at the moment and, yeah, access, yeah, I suppose some money towards access for markets. The other one was, um, yeah, probably some more around that labour supply shortage and, yeah, some incentives to get people out to the bush or to get more people into Australia, some incentives there just so that, yeah, we don't, I suppose, go into another harvest this year struggling and looking for labour and, yeah, not having not having that skilled labour that, yeah, has potentially been there in other years as it's getting pulled from all over the place. Yeah, that's what I was a bit shocked about. I thought, well, the media doesn't worry about the lack of jobs, especially with harvest time until it is harvest. And by then it's way too late. It's only the farmers worrying about where they're going to get their labour from, whether it's from Asia, our closer countries, or hiring internally within Australia and just incentivising people to go past the Blue Mountains over on the Eastern Seaboard or to get out of Perth and go see what farming's all about and actually help get the cream of the crop off or whatever it may be. You may be harvesting lambs, tomatoes, potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, like the only the only real things around around employment was, yeah, there was some apprentice wage subsidies. There's some extension there. But, yeah, overall there was there was not a whole lot as far as, yeah, 
there was the training piece, but not a lot of upskilling and there was, oh, sorry, there was more on upskilling and less on creating, um, yeah, a bigger pool to, to suck up that, yeah, those jobs that are out there. I suppose part of that could be that the unemployment rate is really low at the moment and the government likes that and it's saving itself um, a lot of money on like the Centrelink welfare sort of side of things. But yeah, you go, you go anywhere else, well, even in the cities and people are crying out for workers and yeah, if, if the economy is going to be robust and efficient, we need more workers. 100%. And for that, um, supporting apprenticeships across the country. Does that actually allow for certificates within agriculture, do you know, and like shearing courses that are actually driving people into normal no, I, level jobs or it doesn't cover that? I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, like the traineeships and the, um, yeah, I think this is just for like the, the pure apprentices, like when you think electricians, brickies, boilermakers, heavy diesel mechanics, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so just, yeah, looking through my notes, yeah, the, yeah, it's those, those ones that we probably call like the proper apprenticeships. Um, yeah, that being said, like, yeah, putting a staff member on and training them up, like, let's say they, they do certificate in cattle management, those sort of things, yeah, you'd be able to claim that additional deduction for that. So there is some incentives there, but it's not, not a huge one. Yeah, great stuff. And there's a couple more I see with supporting agricultural shows and events playing out for the hubs of regional Australia um, and also on-farm biosecurity, how that may play a risk with more imports coming across or mixing of species and everything. Yeah. Yeah, so it's probably, yeah, good around that. And I suppose there's, yeah, a bit of commentary the last few days, especially this... Um, lumpy skin disease in cattle that yeah there's yeah some funding's been announced for that but it's just yeah i think these biosecurity challenges will become more and more over the coming years yep yeah definitely yeah i think it's just play it by year as a farmer keep doing what you're doing but also keep an eye on the news to see what's happening or even something that could benefit you like the digital services taking the farmers to market um up to a hundred 100, 120,000, you said? 100? Um, yeah, so, yeah, you can spend 100,000 and claim 120 there. Yeah, beautiful. And that can just really help you get over the line, thinking about one idea and actually get you across there. That's a fair whack of money as well for digital services. Yeah. Yeah, so I suppose, it's, yeah, a lot of this stuff is having a look at, yeah, what, what's come out of the budget, just trying to work out how you could get some advantage out of that as a farmer. Um, yeah, it's not like previous year budgets and yeah it'll be interesting to see what comes out of out of the federal election campaign and what promises are made and yeah more so which of those promises are followed up on yeah i think we're probably likely to see the bigger news items the headlines um of where funding's going to be going as they get tighter into the mix of seeing who's going to run the country yeah 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 it'll be good yeah be good to yeah see the wash up of it in a couple of months and yeah then I suppose probably the expectation is that yeah if Labor does get in that they'll prepare a 2022 budget themselves and yeah it'll be interesting to see what of this stuff uh, comes out of that well what 
what survives that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So for yourself and us as farmers, what should we be looking at from now onwards past the election time? I think it's, yeah, um, it's just keeping an eye on the news, making sure you're across um, what the politicians are preparing, um, what they're promising, and then, yeah, just planning and keeping in mind, probably the, the big one to keep in mind is that six months uh, date, which will be the 28th of September yep. for the end of the fuel excise. Um, yeah, you probably fill up those tanks before then for harvest. Um, and yeah, it's just getting a good crop in the ground and um, hoping that, yeah, 2022 is a great year for everyone. Absolutely. It's turning out like a ripper year for us at the moment on the Eastern Seaboard and hopefully for the WA farmers and everyone else in between NT to South Australia. Yeah. Well, thanks, Eamon, for coming on to Beyond the Tax Return series and getting a little bit of insight into the federal budget. If the farmers didn't want to break it down, you broke it down for us. So cheers, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for tuning in to the Farms Advice Podcast. It is produced by Advert Your Eyes Digital, the agribusiness marketing specialist. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more information on this episode and the others before and spread the farm's advice. If you love this episode, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe as it helps other farmers find us too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Farms of Ice podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country for Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.